0: Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, the first chapter, the first to the 13th first. In the beginning the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind." The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify currency that light, so that through him all might believe. Him, he himself was not the light. He beca- he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And he was in the world and through the world that was made through him. And the, word, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which... Was his own those who believe in his name. He gave the right to become the de- children of God, children born not of natural descent, or n- nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We are continuing our 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 study in um, uh, our seasonal study. As uh, so you say that. Um, as I was sharing at, uh, our, um, uh, first Wednesday Bible study, um, uh, we're going to be coming from the gospel of John, the book of Hebrews, and we're, we're going to be knitting something that, uh, at first blush, you may look at it and it's like, well, how does all this, this knit together? You know, how does this, all this, uh, really, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, we know the the, the Bible is harmonious. We know that. We know that. But these particular pericopes, fancy word for literary units, these particular uh, uh, portions of Scripture, how do they weave together to create a tapestry that is uh, absolutely apropos for uh, this season? This, uh, this season, I've shared before, I share now. Um, if you were to listen to the, uh, the, 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 the advertisements that are imploring you, in order for you to uh, experience genuine joy, in order to experience uh, the, the best of the season, you need to go to the store. You need to buy stuff you need to spin stuff you need to eat stuff you need you need to you, you need to do you need to do things uh, and we know as 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 Christ followers we know we we know at a at a certain cognitive level we know that that's a non-starter that's 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 so void of any substance that's so that y- y- we know that it's it's cotton candy to the, to, to, the, to the nutritious food God desires us to have. But for the life of us, I, I got cotton candy stains all around the corners of my lips. Yeah, we get caught up. We, we get caught up. I mean, so much so as, as, as my daughter or daughter was sharing, uh, she said that Thanksgiving was uh, the, her favorite time of year because you're able to disassociate yourself with uh, the gifting. And so you, you, you have a greater chance, if you will, of focusing on what's important, family, togetherness, giving thanks on Thanksgiving. Isn't that a, a novel idea? Um, so we want to come out of the, and again, as, as, as one of my mentors, uh, Pastor Fred Campbell, would, 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 I can hear his voice now. He said, well, Mark, uh, the problem with modern Christianity is we've learned it we we we've learned how to be christian we yeah, we 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 we're not ex- we're not there's there's no outpouring of a transformation that has taken place inside we've just caught we've just mimicked the jargon you know how you doing i'm blessed i'm highly favored i'm you know and and you're dying inside absolutely dying inside but you're blessed and highly favored um I um, so I want us to uh, to really I would say uh, yes <laughs> do your best to uh, uh, hit the uh, uh, the control alt delete of your of your uh, of your mind if you will uh, when it comes to a lot of preconceived ideas when it comes to uh, the the biblical stories I've heard this I've heard this I've heard this I've heard this. Well, try and hear it afresh. Um, so we're coming from the, the first chapter of John's Gospel. Um, for been, you know my dad because you know me, and nobody sitting here uh, outside of Pastor Burt has ever met Reuben Cephas Meigs Sr. Never met him, but you've met him because you've met me. Uh, I, uh, I, boy, love doesn't even begin to uh, describe how I feel about him, um, but when I first, and I, and I was thinking about that this morning, when did I first know my father? I couldn't, I, you guys are better than I am. See, I couldn't recall. I remember one of my older brothers, I remember, I remember it distinctly, my first awareness of who he is uh, because he was spanking me. And he remembers it too. And he said, "Yeah, you mouthed off. You said something smart, and I had to take care of you." So, yeah. and I remember it's like, who was this guy wailing away on me? Uh, that was that was one of my older brothers, who literally could be my father in terms of uh, just the distance and time. Uh, but I couldn't recall when I first came to know my father. But suffice it to say, at some point, when I came, when when an awareness of who he was to me. Uh, I knew him first as a disciplinarian. I, I knew him as someone, okay, that's the guy that will spank you if you get out of line. That's, that's how I knew him. I, I, and I, you know, because my mom would always, I think it's seven words. It's like those famous seven words, just wait till your father gets home. Yeah, I remember. Though I remember that it's like, oh no, mom, please spank me, beat me. You know, do do whatever you do. Don't no no. Don't let daddy. Don't no. Don't do that. But as I matured, uh, I came to know him as a uh, as a provider. If I needed something. I, I recall the dad always had his wallet in a certain place in a chest of drawers, and he'd, I said, Dad, I need a dollar. Uh, what do you need it for, son? Well, and I'd have to—you just don't ask for a dollar. You know, it's not like today. You ask for a dollar. Pastor Beeks, can I have a dollar? That's it? And he's like, no, no, no. Give me an explanation. Why do you need this? And I'd have to explain, and I'd, I'd share. It's like, Uh, lunch money or this or that or I want something I would I would I I, I saw him as as that way he said well go to my drawer bring me back my wallet and I'd bring it back he'd pull out a dollar he said put it back woe unto them that would ever go into dad's drawer uh, without permission never never even crossed my mind well yeah it crossed my mind uh Never crossed my mind to do that, though. And it's like you—you you wouldn't have known me. Uh, you just absolutely wouldn't have known me. Um, but later, as uh, my world was imploding. Literally, my world was imploding. You guys don't know anything about stress or struggle. I know. I just, world's pretty good to you. You know, things seem to fall into place for you. You know, you don't. But my world was imploding. Everything that I held true, everything that I believed in, you know, the Santa Clauses of life, if you will, all the truths of life. I'll never forget. He, he had a, uh, and I was, I was, I was a grown man. I was a grown man with kids, uh, and. Uh, he had a—he uh, a, had converted a, one of his garages into a sound studio, uh, and uh, he was doing recording back there. And I didn't even go in and greet Mom. I just parked the car, walked to the back, he, and he said, uh, "Son, how's it going?" I said, "Not good, not good, Dad." Didn't say anything else. Put his arms around me, hugged me. Never forget his words. Said, "Said, son, it's going to be okay." He didn't even know what the problem was. Didn't even explain anything to him. Didn't get my petition out. You know, got a long laundry list. Well, dad is like this, and you know, and this, 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 this. Just bear hugged me and said everything's going to be okay. It's interesting that the perspective I have then and have now on my father I'd say it's a lot different from all of my siblings. Same dad. Same group of kids. I'm one of nine. I know, that's a baseball team. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> seven brothers, one sister. We all saw and experienced dad differently. Some would say, uh, no, I, 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 you know, my, my, my reflection, my, my recollection of dad is, he was kind of on the ornery side. He was, uh, he'd spank you in a minute. I didn't know that man. I, I, I didn't experience that. Trust me, I got my share of spankings. Whippings. Beatings. I, that's how uh, I, I saw him, but uh, how... We all experience them. It's different. So why am I saying all of this? At this Christmas time, at this time of reflection, at this perfect opportunity to sit back, take assessment of our Father, Emmanuel, translated God with us. How do we see him? Or better, the question, how should we see him? Um, how do we relate to him? Or the better question again is, how should we relate to him? All four Gospels go about trying to present Christ to us. All four Gospels. You got Matthew that, that, that unpacks uh, genealogy, uh, that connects him to uh, David and Abraham. You have Mark that starts with the preaching of John. And you have Luke that dedicates the work to Theophilus and then follows with a prediction of John the Baptist's uh, birth. But the Gospel of John begins with a theological uh, prologue. It's almost uh, as if John is saying, I want you to see and I want you to know who Jesus Christ is. I'm not trying to tie this to any—it's any, it, important. I'm not diminishing it in any way. I'm not trying to tie it to uh, DNA. Oh, he's, he's, the, he's from the, 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 the root of Jesse. That, that, that's, 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 that's predictive. That's biblical. But essentially what John is implying is that understanding and appreciation of all Jesus has accomplished is best seen through understanding who he is. And we can't, we can't just uh, appreciate and understand and relate to him if all we see him is, yeah, yeah, uh, that was dad. No, 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 you have to have a context in which to understand and see and know him. Uh, I can know God, but he's beyond knowing, right? Yes, yes, he is. But, uh, but just as I loved and appreciated my father as a disciplinarian, a provider, uh, one who uh, loved me deeply— we can and we must gain a deeper and fuller appreciation of who Christ is relationally and how do we see him. How do we see him? Is it just, is it, is it just black ink on white paper in, the, in what we call the Bible? Is that, is, that, is that the extent of our knowledge and appreciation of who God is, Emmanuel, God with us? So the Gospel of John— Begins simply, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. No slow build, no, 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 no easing into a theological conclusion. John just simply uh, drops uh, more than a pebble. He drops a big old fat rock in the middle of a small pond, and it's like, bam, here it is. More than a mic drop. It's like, see— Clearly, John is trying to draw a parallel. Is what we just started, what we just finished, uh, uh studying Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is not a coincidence. Oh, is, is he borrowing? He's intentionally borrowing from that to present Emmanuel, God, with us. And beyond simply connecting the the the, the word uh, with the timeless beginning of time, John says that the word was with God. And the word was God. I and I we don't have time and this is not the place to go into a deep dive into a, the textual nuances uh, and a broader look. But you know, the word uh the word logos it, it means more than just the just the wooden Greek uh interpretation of the word. Oh, it's word. No, it's actually when you when it that's that's just like saying uh Romeo and Juliet is 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 as a completed work is just a collection of words. No, no, there's a whole narrative that goes with that. Uh, it's, it's a whole body that's associated with God. It's hard for us fully to, to, to grasp and understand, understand because of time, because of 2,000 years removed, because we're not Greek, we got languages, uh, con, uh, constraints, but— Suffice it to say that uh, that John wasn't talking about uh, some lexical uh, presentation of the Word. He's talking about uh, the totality of the message, the totality of the thought, the totality of revelation. I'm getting ready to introduce someone to you, but you can't fully know and appreciate and relate to him unless you know him. I can give you stories about uh, how Jesus, he, he, he fed folk. He healed folk. He did all those things 2,000 years ago. What's that got to do with you today in the 21st century? See, again, if, 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 if who God is, if who Christ is, if Emmanuel, God with us, is simply just words on black, black ink on white paper, then we'll, 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 we won't have that anger. We'll be tossed. We'll be knocked around. It's like, yeah, that was good then, but right, right now uh, I don't fully know, and if I don't know, I can't relate, and if I can't relate, I can't appreciate. You all know Sister Meeks, lovely woman. You just, you know her. But I know her much more fully and deeply than you will ever know her. There's, there's, there is no way you can know her like I know her. There's levels of knowledge, and it's all dialed in. It's all directly tied to the relationship that we have with the person we're trying to relate to. So, so like time spent with my father, uh, my, my biological father, intimate knowledge is—it is, is, it occurs through intimate time spent together. And that's what John is trying to present. And he's setting the table for a, a deeper and fuller understanding— See, the people were familiar. See, John is writing post-Christ. Jesus is gone. He's back up with the Father. And so now John is writing to, to a group that on one level would say, yeah, I know the Galilean carpenter. Yeah, Joseph and Mary's son. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he, was, yeah, he, he hung on the cross. Yeah, they say his body's not there. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Now, now see, but John is saying, you've got to push past that. That's not enough. That will not sustain you for what's to come and what was to come. About three centuries of persecution. Generations of, pers- of, of persecution that was about to come on, on the people. And it is like, look, I need, I need, I need to give you some, some context and setting because all hell is going to get ready to break loose. I know. It just, it's, all hell is getting ready to break loose. And if we don't have context and setting— For what it is we believe, we'll be unhinged just like the rest of the world. Because we put our confidence in, well, you know that whether we call that thin blue line, you know, and God bless the police. Well, you know that's why I pack a little something. You know, I got something for the. It's just like you know, I we were at a we were at a restaurant. It was about the dumbest thing that I think I've heard. Uh, And the person spoke it loudly enough for me to hear it. It was intentional. Yeah, if what went down in San Bernardino had been in Texas, well, that would have taken, you know that wouldn't have happened. I said, boy, your your ignorance is matched with your speech. Oh yeah, okay, you're going to shoot it out. We're, we're going to just throw it down, right? right? That's where my confidence is.. I... Give me a concealed weapon permit. Then things will be okay. Give me the right job with the right 401. Then things will be okay. Give me the right uh, uh, health program. Then things will be okay. Where's your confidence? Where, where's, where's your confidence? Um, the covenant God that called and made promises to Abraham, but the, the, the call and the promises— then and even more so now they seem hollow they seem distant i'm going to make you the father of many i'm going you know there's going to be you're going to be so blessed you're going to and it's just like seriously i we are living here in galilee in in judea and we don't and and who's in charge we're not in charge we don't even run our own affairs the romans are running stuff they're in charge we can't even worship the way we want to worship and, and psh, promise, 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 whatever. You know, just promise. See, and it's in this context and setting that John is essentially saying things may be seem, may, things may seem bleak, but actually, just the opposite is true. John one and three reads. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing that was made has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all, that, through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So not only did Jesus enter into time and space as the communication or or revelation of God, John writes that he's the light. All through the Bible. You don't need me to tell you this, just a reminder, all through the Bible, you'll see comparisons and contrasts between dark and light. Dark and light. Uh, And it'd be easy, you would think it would be easy to recognize him uh, from the prevailing darkness. See? Everyone should be able—if if, if, if he's light, then he ought to stand out in, in, in the darkness that surrounds everyone. as I've always shared, it's like it doesn't take a whole lot of light to distinguish yourself from a whole bunch of darkness. Just a little pen light, just a triple-A battery size worth of light. So you would think that everyone should be able to see and embrace the light. That, that seemed logical then, but it, it seems logical now but everyone didn't see him for who he is. So as we read in John 1.10, uh, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. How I saw and related to my own biological father uh, was different from my brothers and sister. See, their behavior and response was different from my behavior and response. Same father, same opportunity and potential, different responses. See, too often, all too often. The reason we don't see God in ways we say we want to see him is simply because we don't approach and relate him in the ways that will generate the response he wants to give us. Hey, you wouldn't know me if I'd gone in there. Oh, I don't need to ask dad for a dollar. I know where he keeps his money. Let me just go in there and try and get it. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. No. I had to come at him, as you would say, correct. No, no, no. Uh, Dad, this is what I need. This this is what I need. Why do you need it? Okay. I didn't always get a yes. Still my father, still daddy. I didn't always get a yes. What am I going to do? Psh, boy, I didn't get a yes. You ain't my daddy anymore. Yeah, like I said, if I tried that, you wouldn't know me. Uh, obedience precedes blessing. I, I, I've said that again. Uh, before, I say it again. And it's our relationship with God that establishes the framework for obedience to occur because we won't obey what we don't know or understand. If I ask you to do something, you're you're just like, you you may do it because it's in the context of, well, this is Pastor Meeks. He's asking, okay, I'll, I'll do it. But if I just some random person off the street, hey, I need you to come over here and help with that. The person's like, who are you? I don't know you. There's no relationship that's set up. So how we ask, how things happen, it isn't tangential to how we— it, it has everything to do with the relationship we have with the Father. See, that's, that's, that's why there's such a disconnect between what we say about God and how we interact with Him. We don't know Him. We know Him, but we don't know Him. We know him, but we really don't know him. Uh, you've seen you've been around maybe you've been that person uh, in times past. You're a Christian, right? Yeah? You put your mouth and your actions. They don't like add up. You're a believer, right?. Uh, Although many, most, didn't see, understand, or receive him, verse 10, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or husband's will, but born of God. He's the revelation of God. He's light to a dark world. And he's given us the right, the privilege to be born of God. That's incredible. And I am closing. What does it mean? What, what this is this rhetorical question? What does it mean to be born of God? Uh, it's not a matter of being uh, the child of a prominent Christian. You know, I'd like to live on the, on the, on the pedigree of my, my father. Oh, well, you know, you're, you're, you're Meeks. You're Reuben's son. You're Henrietta's son. That, that, that and five bucks to get you coffee at Starbucks. Um, it's not a matter of uh, being Jewish and the heritage there. And it definitely doesn't have anything to do with us signing our name on the role of a church or city church's role. It has nothing to do with that. Uh, but if we look carefully at the verse, we see, we see right here in the text the uh, The keys. All who received him, those who believed in him, he gave the right to become his children. See, it's a mystery, and it's simple, and it's profound. Uh, the gospel and—you uh, know, the whole, the whole uh, presentation and, of the gospel and salvation— And it's also a mystery how often our profession of faith falls short in our real knowledge and relationship. Too often, uh, again, as as, as the youth would say, our talk doesn't—it looks significantly different from our walk. And when we lack knowledge or don't have the right relationship, things are completely out of whack. Things are completely out of whack. Or— Better said as I close, knowledge and relationship leads to purpose and focus. Knowledge and relationship leads to purpose and focus. Or looking at it in reverse, when, when there seems to be a lack of purpose or focus in our lives, what should I do? Should I turn left? Should I turn right? Should I go up? Should I go down? What, 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 what should I do? Uh, we ought to examine our relationship with and the knowledge of God. I was reading the 23rd chapter of uh, the book of Matthew, where Jesus uh, he went off. He 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 went off. Read that. Go. That's your that's your homework for today. The 23rd chapter of the book of uh, Matthew. He went off on the religious people of the time. See, because he he got on them because you profess something, but but your actions are completely disconnected from what you're saying. So so he, he pronounces uh, what the bible shares as as woes or judgments. Woe. Woe. 7 times. There was why? There wasn't a relationship. They would see 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 they had done all of the right religious things. They had kicked in a few bucks on the offering pan. They had volunteered for children's church. They may have worked in AV, sung in the praise team. They 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 they, they did all the right things. And he said, "Whoa, whoa," because there was no relationship. There was behavior. See, I, I shared with you. I'm from Bakersfield. I know weep for me. But there was a. The, I remember as a kid, there was a county fair. Uh, See a chicken play the piano. See the chicken play the piano. I thought that was the dumbest thing in the world, but they they suckered a nickel out of me. Uh, that's you put the nickel in, little little kernels of corn would fall out on this little kitty, you know, like Schroeder's piano and peanuts, would fall on there, and the chicken would peck the keys of this little piano. See the chicken play the piano. Chicken wasn't playing the piano, chicken was going after corn just happened to make a little noise because the corn fell on the keys of the piano. It's a funny thing, true story. Uh, When I put the nickel in, uh, the corn had stopped. There was, people had already done that. So, So the light came on and the chicken instinctively knew corn's supposed to fall. And so I started pecking on the key. Chicken didn't get any corn. A lot of us are like chickens trying to play the piano. We we do the stuff, but it's just like no, that's just instinctive, reflexive behavior. That's all it is. That's all it is. But there's there's there's, there's it's like oh well, this is the time to pray. Okay, let's pray. All right, now I lay me down to sleep. Like, now's the time to we need we we whatever you fill in the blanks. But we have to establish that depth of relationship for two reasons. At least two. At least two. One, when all hell breaks loose, you have an anchor. You have an anchor. And two, when God says, pack your bags and go. You don't say, I ain't going. If you had a relationship, you would say, okay, all right. Pastor Nate spoke the sermon last week, shared the sermon last week. Kill your son. The son of promise? Yeah, that's the one. Kill him. Okay. Okay. Okay? That's it? Okay? You're okay with that? Uh, I have a relationship with this God that if he tells me to kill him, he's capable, since he produced him, he's capable of reproducing him and bringing him back even from dead. That sounds so ridiculous to us because we don't have that type of relationship with him. That's really, as, as, as Linus said to Charlie Brown, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what it's all about. We can't, we can't go there. We can't respond in the way that God wants and desires. He, can't, he, won't, he loves us too much. But then there are those times when, Dad, I need a dollar. Go into my top drawer, get my wallet, bring it to me. All hell's breaking loose. It's going to be all right, son. Have a relationship. Sometimes it just seems like our, uh, our prayers are just echoing off the walls. I'm not asking. I, I know that to be the truth for me. I'm saying words. I'm in the right posture physically. And it just seems like, man, I'm saying stuff. As Pastor Veronica was sharing about in her seminary studies, you get to the point where the book is reading you, and you're not reading the book. You're, you're, You're in a posture of prayer saying words, and for the life of you, it's like, this is not accomplishing anything. I know it. God knows it. Let me just get up and go have a cup of coffee. How do we push past that? It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship. It's all about relationship.